It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. What we're actually trying to achieve here is these spontaneous conversations with our kids. The idea of creating space for those things to happen is so important. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. I know that it depends on the day, but on average, how chaotic would you say our household is? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? We're the parenting experts. We're supposed to know how to not have chaos. What do you reckon? I think anybody (laughs) who's looking from the outside in would say that we live in absolute chaos. Really? I'd like to say that it's organised chaos. No, come on. People who would look at us would say, you're nailing it. Wish I could be like the Coulsons, wouldn't they? (laughs) Well, I told, the- you, I told you a few weeks ago that I picked up my friend yeah. and in the 15-minute drive that we had, I literally had a phone call from every child, <laughs> right. including you. And she oh, kind of just looked at me and just went... To be clear, I'm not one of your children. Okay, Sometimes I, just, I feel like No, 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 be. don't say things like that. So th- there's a brand new study that's come out and I think that we should talk about this because it's so interesting to me. Every parent we talk to says, uh, when I'm one child down, it feels so good. Whether you've got six kids like us or whether you're down to three or two children or even one child. One child's out of the house at grandma's or something. It's like, oh, how good is this? So, um, But families feel chaotic. Whether you've got one child, two children, like there, there are just those times where the pressure is on and things feel heavy. So there's this researcher, Jackie Nelson. She's at the University of Texas, and she does this study with a whole bunch of Uh, teenagers and their mums. And here's what she finds, and I quote, stressful experiences such as living in a chaotic home environment can deplete parents' regulatory abilities, making it more difficult for them to remain responsive and positively engaged with children over the course of the day. I kind of laugh when you read these studies because it just kind of seems obvious. You, you, you're saying it's from the University of Duh, not the <laughs> University of Texas, right? Duh. Anybody who's lived in chaos recognises that their capacity to regulate is diminished right. significantly. But but how many of us feel like we're living in chaos a little bit too much of the time? Like, yes, it might be duh, obvious, but understanding the mechanism behind it. Okay, so if I'm feeling like things are a bit chaotic for me, what that does is it causes me to be dysregulated, which means that my child, whether they're a teenager or not, doesn't feel safe enough to come and spend time with me. Now, this is what I think is the really interesting part of this study. Here's what Nelson found. Spontaneous disclosure. So spontaneous disclosure is when the kids show up and talk to you about stuff without you asking. Right? Spontaneous disclosure is a key factor in forming what parents know about their teens' lives and their teens' activities. And she found that when parents are asking for information, teens often withhold that information Mm -hmm. or they even lie about it. But if the kids just sort of walk in and start talking, that's the spontaneous disclosure. And she found that household chaos, which is confusion, disorganization, noise, unpredictability, clutter, and a lack of routine, lead to less attention, less engagement, and therefore less spontaneous disclosure and sharing. So I find that in our home, if the kids don't see me as being available, they're less likely to share information. So that spontaneous conversation doesn't happen, not so much because there's chaos as much as my availability in their mind is limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 
have talked often about my mum's unavailability. So for the last, well, 25 years that we've been married, nearly 26 years that we've been married, uh, the conversations with my mum usually go, hey, mum, just calling to say hi. Well, I'm so glad you did, but I'm in the middle of blah, 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 blah. blah and, and well, could you just hold on? Could you just say, yeah, because there's four or five other phone calls that come through while you're trying to have that chat. So mum's been running all of these businesses for all these years. She's raising six of her own kids. Plus, she's also been heavily involved as a grandma, heavily involved, because several of my siblings live near home. And I guess she's been heavily involved. And one thing that I have said to you for over 20 years is, oh my goodness, her life is so chaotic and I want to talk to my mum, but she's simply not available. And when I try to talk to her, it's pointless because she can't hang on to it and she can't uh, take any of it in and then she forgets anyway. What I've discovered, because I spent so much time traveling and we're running a business and we have a big family, is that every now and again, I hear my mother in my larynx. So our big kids will give me a call and they'll say, hey dad, just call in to find out how you going? Just wanted to say hi. And I'll say something like, things are so busy right now. I'm so glad you called and I really want to talk to you, but I've got to catch this plane. I've got to deliver this seminar. I've got to write this book. I've got to blah, 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 blah. And, and I hang up the phone having had a completely unfulfilling conversation with my kids and think, oh my goodness, there goes that opportunity for spontaneous disclosure. There goes that opportunity for real connection and engagement. So in this podcast, based on this science from not the University of Durban, the University of Texas, what I think we need to do is talk about how we can develop that trust where your kids feel like you've got their back and how we can increase the amount of their spontaneous disclosure by reducing the chaos in our lives. So there's a long list of things that we could talk about today, but we're going to just stick to four. Can you do that? Yes. Yes, I can. (laughs) I promise. I'll be good. And I think the first one that we really have to tackle, when you're talking about chaos, would have to be routine. Which prompts an eye roll from anybody who's living chaotically. It's like, how do I I create routine when there is so much going on? And I've got these uh, neurodiversity challenges, or I've got kids who are rebellious, or- Or you've got a husband who travels and comes in and out of our home- And messes up the routine. And messes up the routine. Even though he's a parenting expert that has good intentions. Every single one of us has a reason why routine could possibly not- function the way we want it to. I'm a I'm massive on routine. I love the James Clear stuff where he talks about you rise or fall to the level of your system or your routine. And during COVID, oh my goodness, I just had this routine thing down pat. Two and a half hours every morning. It was so perfect. Time with the kids, time for exercise. But with travel, it's been really tough. Um, Even just eating a, a meal yeah, yeah, at yeah. the right time. So when it comes to routine, I'm going to suggest two things. You might want to fill in a few gaps that I leave. The first thing is, I think we've got to have routines for mornings. Making your mornings magic. I bang this drum all the time. But while you were away over the last couple of weeks, I really pushed getting ready for the morning the night before. Your morning begins the night before. And what I've discovered is that we've got a couple of kids who hate that. They don't want to get ready the night before. They don't like any part of that at all. And yet when we did it, our mornings were bliss. I'm going to suggest that outside of that, the most important factor in morning routine working well is you actually being available. Yes, which means that you've got to get up a little bit earlier, be showered and have had your breakfast because once you're pretty much ready, you can be present and you don't have to do everything for the kids, but you can kind of shepherd them through their morning. You can guide them and say, hey, What's next? Or how about I help you? What I found, so our youngest child, Emily, um, I'll ask her to do something 
and a minute and a half later, I'll find her sitting on the floor in the lounge room halfway through a chapter of a book. <laughs> like She's on the way to her bedroom so that she can put her shoes on or get a school bag, and she sees a book on the living room floor and thinks, hmm, that looks way better than putting my shoes on. Or she picks up the violin and decides she's going to practice right then and there. Messes up the routine, something <laughs> shocking, and yet doing good things. So keeping everyone on track with the routine is also critically important. But I think mornings and routine are vital. The second thing that I think we need a routine for uh, to make life less chaotic is just meals. And what I mean by that is a meal list. Here's what we're having Monday. Here's what we're having Tuesday. Get it really clear so that you're not trying to make a decision when you walk in the door at 5.30 or 6 or 6.30 or as you're ferrying children from one activity to another in the afternoon and thinking, I've got to stop at the shops. Well, I was going to say, if you've got a meal list and you're shopping to that meal list, mm. then you are assured that the things that you need for that meal to prepare it are in the fridge, they're in the pantry, you've got them all there and you're not having to do that, you know, 5.30 run in to, to get some sour cream. I, I'm going to add to this routine thing as well. We don't have time for this conversation, so I'm just going to do dot points. You've got to get enough sleep. It's got to be part of your routine that you get the full eight to nine hours a night. You've just, you're a better parent when you do. And somehow, as unfair as it is for me to say this, you've got to get enough exercise. Now, I don't have time for exercise, but I just do it anyway. And it it happens at 4.30 in the morning. And I hate that because it make, it, it's really tricky. But we're better when we're looking after ourselves and we've got a routine. Sleep and getting up at 4.30 in the morning can be tricky. Let's not go there right now. We're making it work. It's it's done. Second thing that I think can reduce the chaos, make time for connection, dedicated time for connection, whether it's a walk or a ride or a sit on the couch. Or playing board games. Playing a board game, um, laying down in bed next to the kids for snuggles and tickles and cuddles and, and whatever else. Genuine time gives you a sense of margin. Go and sit on the grass on a picnic blanket in the backyard if you're lucky enough to have one and stare up at the sky for 10 minutes with the kids. Get outside in nature. It changes the way you feel. It reduces the sense of chaos. Nature, time for connection, um, removing yourself from the never-ending agenda and to-do list. When you think about the fact that what we're actually trying to achieve here is these spontaneous conversations with our kids – the, the idea of creating space for those things to happen is so important because they don't happen when things feel stressful. When, when we're running 100 miles an hour, they usually happen when you've decided to have a lie down on the couch right? and you're thinking you're going to have all this time to yourself. And somebody comes over and says, hey, mum, can we have a chat? That's the idea of spontaneous disclosure, right? (laughs) Or they decide they want to jump all over you. Yeah. When you look at the times where your kids have connected with you, 100% I would suggest it has been because you have slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. Reducing the chaos, creating margin. Okay. I've lost count. I know that we've- Number three. Well, well, we've kind of done number three and number four and number five and a whole lot all together. <laughs> so we're just going to do one more because our time's running out. And what I want to suggest is if we're going to reduce the chaos, we actually have to be aware of where we are emotionally. Mm. The emotional barometer, self barometer, where am I at? What am I doing to keep myself together? So this is a really tricky one. And for parents who feel time poor and already feel stretched. And who are carrying all their baggage from stuff. 
this is one that is kind of confronting for a lot of people. But over the last few years, I've recognized for a long time that there are ways that I respond to things. There are things that I think and, and as a result do. And I just knew they weren't healthy and they weren't helping our family or my in relationships with my children or you. And so I came to a point where I realized that if I wanted to change the family dynamics, I actually had to work on me. And just like you, I don't really have the time for it. It's not like I'm sitting there going, I've got this two hours here. wonder what I could do with that two hours. Yeah, when you say I need time to work on me, I just think of every parent that I know who's going, but I don't have any time at all. But what I've realized is if I'm not an advocate for me, no one else will be. I have to actually prioritize understanding myself better if I want myself to be better, if I want to be a better person, if I want to be able to, you know, deal with situations differently, if I want to respond to my children with love and understanding and caring and all of the things that I envisaged I would be as a mother and not the screaming banshee that sometimes I become, I actually have to do that hard inner work. And sometimes it requires actually leaving the space and creating the emotional and mental space needed to do that. And other times it's about getting up half an hour early so that you have some quiet in the morning to just sit and reflect and ask yourself questions or read a book that's going to challenge your way of thinking and make you, you know, kind of just reassess where you're at. I think one of the most amazing things that we've experienced in our home over the last few years is as I have started to do that hard work, I've been able to recognize when the kids are starting to get built, you know, their emotions are building up. I've started to recognize what it is that's actually going on. Instead of seeing the outburst as this, you know, cranky teenager who just wants to do things their own way and recognize all of the angst underneath that, all of the worry, all of the anxiousness, all of the stress and concern about who they are and what, what the world looks like and whether or not they're going to fail. That's all the stuff that's going on underneath it, but it just comes out as anger. It comes out as, you know, a rebellious teenager. They're not rebellious. They're not angry. But I love how this idea of doing the work yourself, staying in control of your own emotions, regulating, understanding your own self, it helps you to respond well to that. To me, that's the the real key, right? Yeah, but you can't do that if you don't understand it in yourself. Yeah, you've got to do that work. If you go through that process for you, then you can't be the mentor that your children need to help them navigate. And the way you do the work is you read the books and you listen to the podcasts and you invest in you. You go for the, I don't know, I I don't do the mindfulness meditation stuff, but some people do. But you do the things that you need to do so that you can be the best version of you and you go and learn what those things need to be. You'll have people in your circles who do things a little bit better than you, Mm. even if you just spend time with them and in your conversations. How do you do that? Yeah. Like when when life gets, you know, when you're talking about chaos, sometimes chaos isn't actually even anything to do with routine. Sometimes chaos is because there's just so much emotion in the room. Yeah, great stuff. Great insight. We're going to link to the study in the Journal of Family Psychology by psychologist Jackie Nelson. You can find the study in the show notes if you're interested in more. But hopefully these four, five, six, I don't know how many tips we've ended up sharing will be helpful in making your family a little less chaotic. Get the routine right. Create dedicated time for connection. And space. Be self-aware. Regulate. Regulate. 
and connect with those kids. The Happy Families Podcast is produced by Justin Rowland from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. If you'd like more info about making your family happier, we would love for you to join us in the upcoming Smells Like Teen Spirit Summit. Just over a week away now, and oh gosh, it's going to be so, so good with world-leading experts, literally some of the best minds on the planet, talking about teens and how we can reduce the chaos. More Nirvana, less drama. The Smells Like Teen Spirit Summit at happyfamilies.com.au. Grab all the details at our Facebook page or online at the website. Happy